Hey, this is Julio. Hey, this is Steve. Before the podcast starts, we want to welcome and give you the opportunity to support our ministry by visiting our website at www.bridgemenlaredo.org. Scroll down to the bottom of any page and you'll find the PayPal donate button. Bridge Ministries exists to share the glorious good news of Jesus Christ and to equip people to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. If you would like to help us in our mission of making affordable or free Bibles and Christian books available and also to check out the orphanage that we support, visit our website. Podcast numero tres, number three, and uh, I would say it's going to be equal, or if not better, than podcast number two. It was with uh, Jay Warner Wallace, and we're continuing our series on apologetics. Today we have a, uh, I would say, a titan of the uh, apologetics <laughs> ministry, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've listened to him for, for a long, long time, but... Um, this is Coffee Colloquy, brought to you by Bridge Ministry, and um, uh, we're a Christian uh, bookstore and coffee shop, and uh, if you're in, in the location, please swing by uh, 6019 uh, McPherson Road, Suite 8. Uh, I'm Julio Rodriguez, and uh, uh, I'm your host, and with me we have three other people on this podcast. Uh, I have my friend Christian. Hello, good, good afternoon. Hello, and then we have the Sheologian, which is... Alejandra. There you go. And we have another uh, f- uh, brother of mine whom I love a lot, Mr. Raw Lovingsworth. Hi. All right. So today, let me just give a quick introduction to the topic that we're going to be we're, we're going to be discussing. Out in the world, there's a belief known as the Jesus Mythers, right? I like to call it. Um, they also believe in a in what is called the pagan copycat theory. So, and this sort of stems off um, a long, long, long history, um, and today um, it sort of keeps resurfacing through the Zeitgeist film, um, who's by James Coyman, um, Bill Maher in his famous film Religulous. So he sort of briefly mentions it, and then we have Brian Fleming who also talks about it. Um, I mean, that's what the whole book is about on the, the, the book titled The God Who Is Not There. So we have... Um, uh, a very special apologist coming on with us. He's debated well-known atheist Richard Carrier on the reliab- the reliability of the New Testament. He's president of Tecton, which is an education and, and apologetics ministry. And uh, you, could vi- you could visit uh, and find his material on tectonics.org. Uh, the ministry can also be found on YouTube through the channel uh, Tecton TV or tecton.org. He's uh, the author and also co-author of multiple works, including The Misinformation Malstorm. Christian answer- answers to this generation's questions, Hitler's Christianity, and the book that we're going to be discussing today. So that is Shattering the Christ Myth. And uh, he's the man, he's the legend, and some atheists say he is the myth, but he is, uh, this is JP <laughs> Holding. So welcome on to the show, man. <laughs> Hey, thanks a lot. That's an interesting introduction. Yeah. I'll save that one. You, you, you are real, right? You are real, by the way, right? I'm real? I think so. Let me check. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're going to do something here real quick. All right, so in one corner we have the Christians and their facts, and 
And then on the other corner, we're going to have the Jesus mythicers, the mythicist and the and the, um, the pagan copycat there is with their lives. So let's go ahead and get into it, all right? <laughs> so, all right. So um, my first question to you is, um, yeah, before we start sort of refuting the arguments of the Jesus myth and the pagan, the pagan copycat theory, um, I've seen on YouTube, and I'm pretty sure you've seen too, they, they like to... Uh, give the genetic fallacy an ad hominem attack on you and sort of like try to um, deem you uncredible for sort of this material in this book that, uh, uh, that, sh- that that's in the shattering uh, Jesus myth. Um, what, what would you have to say about that? <laughs> well, look, I, I, I make no secret of the fact that I'm, I'm very flexible on things like this. I mm-hmm. can be very scholarly and, and be very calm. And I can also mix it up quite a bit. Like, uh, I believe, uh, isn't that Dusty Rhodes from Laredo, Texas? Isn't like like Dusty Rhodes, the great the American Dream? You know, I'll, I'll do some wrestling now and then too. I'm, I can do both sides of it. Yeah. But you know, if, in the end, when it comes down to it, you better address my arguments. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I've got, and they're very deeply documented in books like the one you mentioned. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've noticed that you know, and we all do it, but I've noticed atheists do it a lot, especially on the internet, which I call. Uh, pop scholarship, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you know, they're always committing an ad hominem, throwing one, the genetic fallacy, which for our listeners who don't know, it's, a fa- it's the fallacy that, you know, someone, you judge um, someone's statement as good or bad or true or false from its origins. So, you know, you, to say, um, yeah, how would you say, a, a child molester couldn't teach uh, proper multiplications, you know what I mean? Um, the multiplications, you know, of course he can. Uh, he, it's obviously someone who's bad, but they could still have truth. So, anyway, so yeah, I would just like for you to address that for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, so, what prompted you and, and others to write this book, and and what has been your uh, experience edi- editing it, or what was your experience okay. editing it? Yeah, the original was published quite a long time ago. I mm-hmm. forget the exact year, but like at least yes, at least seven years ago. Yeah, Two thousand four. Um, right? I had I, at that time uh, I had not seen a comprehensive book on the subject. Uh, the closest was uh, Van Voorst, Jesus Outside the New Testament, but I didn't feel that he, through no fault of his own, he didn't do a complete job of addressing some of the stranger aspects of this argument that Jesus didn't exist. Mm-hmm. As I don't expect them as scholars to take a lot of this stuff seriously. Um, I felt something needed to be done specifically to address some of these crazier ideas like you see in Zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at the time, I assembled a team of people who also had interest in the subject, uh, and that's how it got put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Zeitgeist has done a lot of damage. When when I was working, when I had my first job, I had a friend. Obviously, they knew I was Christian, and we had agnostics and and, uh, atheists, and I had someone hand me a DVD. And it was the Zeitgeist film, and it really kind of hurt my, my, uh, you know, kind of put a little, little, little rock in my shoe, in my Christian faith. And it's the same for Raw here, right? Um, well, actually, I, I became a Christian, and my dad uh, sent me the link to the Zeitgeist video on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but in watching it, uh, there's no documented sources. And, and prior to that, I've studied Buddhism and Hinduism and, and knew that a lot of the stuff in there was you know it was false yeah blatantly false yeah and that's another thing i wanted to ask uh, jp is like are these blatant lies <laughs> just intentional um, there's a mix 
there's a mix of blatant lies and a mix of half truths. Um, right. Yeah, some, some basic facts like the, Osiris is an Egyptian god. Yeah, obviously. Uh, or it's it's incomplete. Uh, the one example that's good is to say, well, Osiris was resurrected from the dead. Well, he came back from the dead, but the process was entirely different than Jewish resurrection. Right. And what what they're doing there is they're using the word resurrection in a very general way, not to refer to a specific process known from Judaism in the day of Jesus, but to refer to any reversal of death of any kind whatsoever. And to use that example of Osiris, I like to say he, he was the Lego god. Um, the, the Egyptian gods were able to take their bodies apart, and uh, put themselves back together with no harm done. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they didn't. They didn't undergo a resurrection. I don't know what you'd want to call that. They're more like a reanimation. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's it's a matter. In cases like that, it's a matter of telling a half truth, yeah. uh, not telling the whole story about how the process has worked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that happens a lot. You know, we it's like thirty percent truth, and I mean thirty. Yeah, thirty thirty percent truth and seventy percent lie, and we kind of eat it up wholesale, and so and and or we don't look into it. So. Um, yeah, so I wanted to ask for the uh, like, how big is the community who subscribes to the Jesus myth and the and also the pagan copycat theory, and and also is there any scholarly individuals who hold to this as well? Okay, well, all right, let's we have to separate the two. There's a yeah. general, uh, there's two camps of this Jesus myth theory, and they don't always overlap. There's the one, the ones who simply say that Jesus didn't exist and there's no evidence for it. And then you have the people who add in the pagan copycat theory, where the idea of the pagan gods is an origin point, uh, and and they're often at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that you know, we were talking about zeitgeist and whatnot. Uh, that's not as popular as it used to be. That that's starting to go down a bit. Right. Um, yeah, it's, neither was a very uh, well-known or large community, uh, neither had any respect within scholarly circles. Okay. Uh, I would say that's still pretty much the case, despite what some loud voices may say. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I, I do see it pop up through social media, and especially like during Easter time <laughs> or, or like during December. It, I always see these memes from the Atheist Republic or, you know, just the, the atheist or agnostic YouTube channels and or videos. They, they're, they're always coming up. So, um, well, can't come up with anything original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- that's another question: is why why does this keep resurfacing back up over and over again? Uh, uh, I think it's because they can't come up with anything better. Hmm. Yeah, just simple, <laughs> simple yeah. as that. <laughs> it's really all there is to it. I think. I mean, it's it, it was coming up in the 1800s. This a lot of this stuff comes from even the 1700s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can find the same arguments all the way back then, and no one seems to pay attention. And you have to reteach a new generation every time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And at at the very beginning of your uh, of the book, the introduction, you talked about an individual um, who rejected Shakespeare and believed that Francis Bacon, right? I believe. Uh, wrote right, the works right. of Fra- how, how how is uh, believing that Jesus is a myth or the pagan copycat theory uh, sort of uh, go hand in hand with that like the comparison okay now for due credit that was the introduction written by um, one of my contributors okay. uh, who is a scholar over in England but uh, yeah, but he he, he um, compares that to people who think that Shakespeare didn't write Shakespeare's works mm-hmm. um, he was saying that there is like a fringe 
uh, group over there that thinks that it was written by someone else. It could be Francis Bacon or the nation like any one of any number of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, no one accepts them as credible, but you know, they continue to keep coming back. And to that extent, yeah, they're a lot like the Jesus myth uh, camp. They just continue to put forward these ideas and again and again, and no one, no one with any credibility accepts them. All right. All right. So let's. Uh, I, I like that you said that. Um, you know, you really got to separate the uh, the Jesus myth and the pagan copycat theory. So let's address the Jesus myth, right? Okay. Um, so what evidence is out there for our listeners? You could give our listeners like the really strong evidence. What's the strongest evidence um, that Jesus did exist? In my view, okay, yeah. uh, the strongest it. evidence that Jesus existed, uh, aside from the New Testament itself. Um, would have to be a couple of the secular references, and primarily I consider the reference by the Roman historian Tacitus Mm -hmm. to be the strongest evidence. And the reason for that is that he was widely recognized as the most reliable ancient historian from that period. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was known to be someone who did his homework. He was known to check out things. Um, In the case of Jesus, I think it was common knowledge that Jesus existed and he didn't really have to do any work. But if there was any work that was needed to be done, Tacitus would have done it. Okay. And are there any others? There are, yes. There is. Josephus is the most commonly referenced. Um, he was somewhat rel- less reliable than, than Tacitus. Um, he did do research, but not as much, not as much in depth. Uh, there are questions about his citation because um, there's questions of whether the text was interpolated. And I do follow the theory that the text was partially interpolated, although I don't think it was intentional. Uh, I did not write the chapter for that in that book. Someone else did, but he went into some details analyzing the passages point by point to determine which parts were authentically from Josephus. Okay. So, yeah, I guess guess we could go ahead and jump into the pagan copycat theory um, and just, yeah, let's spend the majority of our time already doing that. Uh, Could you give our listeners... What exactly is the pagan copycat theory? Your de- your definition and also your experience with them. Okay, well, in summary, it's you find some pagan god, you draw comparisons to this pagan god between Jesus and the pagan god, mm-hmm. and you say, oh, the idea for Jesus must have come from this pagan god, mm-hmm. and uh, and this uh, that's the copycat. That's where that comes from. Right. And the range of gods that are chosen are just all over the place. Uh, You you can have them as nearby as uh, Mithras or Dionysus, the Persian and Greek gods. Some people even go so far as to say uh, Quetzalcoatl over there in Mexico was one of the origins (laughs) for the story of Jesus. Uh, That's pretty desperate. Uh, I think Mithras is the most common one, and that's one of my favorites, really. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I dug out a lot of information that I don't think anyone else has tried to dig out on Mithras. But you'll they'll find someone like, uh, they'll find a, a god like that and say, oh, they were crucified, they rose from the dead, they did miracles. And it, depending on which thing they claim, you'll either find that these claims are either false or that it's a case, like I said, with those sirens where they redefine the terms. Yeah. in order to draw a parallel. Right, right. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start kind of debunking. Um, we might, we're definitely not going to get to all of them, but def- you, you, yeah. you brought up Mithras, right? Yes. Let's, no, let's go into favorites. that one. Let's Yeah, let's go go off on it. <laughs> Absolutely, let's go off on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, yeah, that, that one, um, 
And you've probably seen my video on that one because that was the one where I played uh, like a Jamie from Mythbusters kind of character. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. call that video. We call yeah. that video the Mithra Buster. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my friend Brent Hardaway played Mithra. That was pretty good. Um, so let's just take a couple of examples uh, from that. Um, they say that he was uh, born of a virgin, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I looked into that. And what you find is, okay, he was born out of a rock. Now, yeah, okay, the rock's a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> so is my grass. Day, yeah, so is your grass, so is the chair you're sitting on, and so on, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's an example of a reinterpretation or not telling the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's one that says he was buried in a tomb and rose again after three days. That's an example of an outright falsehood because he never even died. Mm. Yeah. There's absolutely no death of Mithras mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever. Um, you got some obscure ones uh, that you really had to really have to dig to find out about. There's mm-hmm. a fellow who's quoted as saying that First Corinthians ten four is identical to what's found in the Mithraic scriptures, except it uses the name Mithra instead of Christ. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is we don't have any Mithraic scriptures. There are mm-hmm. none left. We don't have any copies left. We don't even know if there were any. Yeah. So yeah, these these things range again from redefinitions to outright lies, yeah. but I had to dig out some very obscure books on Mithra that most people <laughs> wouldn't even know exist in order to find some of this information. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. And is is there any more claims? Because I have a list here. Uh, uh, some people claim he had twelve disciples. Mithras. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I got I got the list in front of me here. There's like 16 of these things I yeah. think I dealt with. Yeah. How, um, how about you pick a couple of them? Maybe one of the some of the most important ones and, and kind of go through. Okay, that the list. Twelve Companions one is a good one. Um, with that one, uh, they have there's a picture of Mithras surrounded by the twelve signs of the zodiac, and some of these people say, "Oh, those are disciples." No, they're not. Mithra isn't teaching those. He's not in a disciple teacher relationship with the 12 points of the zodiac that's that's not the same thing um if, if the reason jesus had 12 disciples is to mirror the 12 tribes of israel uh, mm-hmm. that's that's not the, that's not the same thing um another example here's a good one now mithra mithra's followers were promised immortality all mm-hmm. right yeah that's true but that's a commonplace of every religion worldwide, so you can't appeal to that as a commonality. That doesn't make any. Yeah, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Right. They say the same of the claim that both perform miracles. Well, what god worth his salt wouldn't? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be gods <laughs> if unless they perform miracles. I don't know of any gods that don't perform miracles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I have another one here. He was buried in a tomb, and after three days, he rose again. Right. As they, like I said, he didn't die. So where's, they, they didn't, they're not going to bury him in a tomb if he didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I see it. Ra's got a question here. Hi, Mr. Okay. Holding. I want to thank you for your time. Um, I'm wondering, okay. is there any evidence uh, that that Mithras or, or uh, Mithras was actually a real person? Or, I mean, as well as, like, Krishna, because I don't, from what I think, Krishna isn't even considered a real person per se or i don't know if there's actually any documentation but we know from you know ancient sources that jesus was a real person okay i didn't for mithras i never found any suggestion that he was a real person or ever thought to be a real person okay Mm -hmm. uh 
some of the historians today, like Tacitus, would hypothesize that some of these gods were human beings at some distant point in the past. Okay. I don't think Mithras was one of those. I never saw anything related to that. Uh, for Krishna, I have did see some speculation that he was based on a historical figure, but um, if so, he was so far back that yeah, there's nothing left of that uh, okay. to, to show it one way or the other. Okay, right. And then on the topic of Mithras too, he was called the Good Shepherd, the Way, the Truth, and the Light, uh, the and also a Savior and Redeemer, and gave salvation. All right, well, some of those, you know, again, are very broad um, mm-hmm. terms that can be widely applied. Let me get down to where I have my answers on these. Uh, okay, the Good Shepherd. Um, as far as I could find on that, the only thing, there were three titles there, Good Shepherd, Lamb, and Lion. Uh, the only thing I could find on that was that in, he was, the lion was regarded as Mithra's totem animal. Uh, that's, that's the only association I could find for that. Uh, but I, I didn't find any evidence that he was called the lamb or that he was called the Good Shepherd, although in the case of shepherds, mm-hmm. many deities and leaders were referred to in terms of a shepherd just because that was like the CEO figure of the day who was uh, nice. considered an example of behave for behavior. Yeah. Um, one thing I like to say about the lion thing, uh, even though they both may have the lion, it's not like Christians or myth or the followers of Mithra are supposed to say, oh, we can't use lions, the other guys had it already, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the comparison I like to use is both Exxon and Frosted Flakes use a tiger, mm-hmm. and it's like, are you going to say that one borrowed from? Are you going to say one borrowed from the other? No, and that's kind of funny because there actually was a lawsuit between the two companies over the use of a tiger. Wow! But but neither of them were saying that it was directly borrowed from the other. They just said, hey, you should look out for this because we were already using the tiger. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. You, you, you know, that actually brings up a point um, in qualitative and quantitative studies and analysis. They, th- one of the golden rules is correlation does not equal causation. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's right on the money. Christian's got a question? Oh, hello, Mr. Holding. I have hello. a question. Um you know, the Christ-Smith theory, it's very considered, especially on the scholarly level, to be fringe. Like, even Bart Ehrman has uh, commented on this, that, you know, there's just nobody in the any related field, biblical studies, ancient history, that, you know, holds to this uh, theory. But there's very few scholars who do have con- uh, credentials, specifically Dr. Robert Price and uh, Dr. Richard Carrier. And what they both seem to hold to is this idea that... Paul never saw Jesus as a real person, but in fact as a celestial being. And I've seen this, um, obviously this um, was originally thought up by Earl Doherty, I believe. But I was wondering yes. if you could uh, comment on this, like what is this? Um, mm-hmm. This is very prevalent in the Christ myth camp, and I was wondering if you can uh, explain this and rebut this. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's the that's the part that does not deal with the pagan copycats. That's the other camp I was talking about. Yeah. Right. Uh, it does come from Earl Doherty, although G.A. Wells was known to make similar claims before that. And again, you're right, like you said, it all boils down to Paul doesn't mention certain details about Jesus' life. Um, and I've answered that generally by noting that in the social world of the Bible, they were what is called a high-context society. And what it boils down to is, unlike people in America, which is a low-context society, they did not tend to babble on about details that people already knew. Uh, They took for granted that you knew a lot of things. 
Uh, in the case of Paul's letters, we have to remember that all of his letters were written to people who had been Christians for 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, so he's not going to be repeating basic doctrines uh, like or basic facts of information like where Jesus was born, unless there's some question that raised, that's raised about it. So here what we have to picture this. Paul comes and sees these people, and it's at that time when he first meets them that they're going to hear all the details, like Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he was raised in Nazareth, and so on. All right? Twenty years later, when he's writing First Corinthians, why in the world is he going to be mentioning that? Okay? I mean, this is stuff mm-hmm. that they've known for a long time. Uh, and unless someone comes up with something, oh, wait a minute, I've got information that he was born in the... The flow or whatever, you know. Then, then maybe he might say, "Okay, yeah, he was born. Listen, he was born in Nazareth. Don't, don't be giving me that." Uh, but unless there was a reason for them to do that, especially in a high context society, you're not going to see the details there. That, that's going to. This is stuff that's much later in the in this educational stage of the Christians that Paul is writing to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So now back on the back again to the to the pagan copycat theory. Um, with Mithras, I saw your your video on uh, Project, uh, or not Project Veritas, the Veritas forums. <laughs> Project Veritas is something else. <laughs> um, the Veritas <laughs> forums. And um, you, I don't know if it was Mithras, but you held up a book that was written, and you were talking about how the picture on the cover um, is, yes. is, is a complete forgery. And I don't know if it's Mithras, but regardless, could you talk about that? Yeah, that's actually Dionysus. Let me call Dionysus. that one up. Okay. Uh, I think you're you're thinking of uh, freaking Gandhi's book. Yes. Um, the Jesus Mysteries. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me call that up. Um, now the findings on this, the credit for that actually goes to the fellow who wrote my book, um, who wrote the, in my book that introduction I mentioned earlier, James Hannum. Okay. Um, he he looked into um, that particular item. And he found, yeah, that they, although freaking Dandy didn't use that as absolute proof of, mm. of copying, they featured it on their cover and obviously thought it was significant. Yeah. Um, my, my writer looked into that, and he found out that it was considered a forgery uh, you know, years ago when it was first found. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, they probably wouldn't have found that because, you know, it, it was, you know, it's, it was a German thing, and, and they probably didn't dig it from back in the 30s, and they probably didn't even bother to, to dig it out. I mean, they're not that interested in finding out the truth. They just want something they can use for their own purposes. Okay. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll try to put up that picture for people to look up on the website. So, um, Okay, so now let's move on to, to another popular one that I always see on the Internet, Horus, <laughs> an Egyptian Horus. god. Yeah, I have a list here. Uh, he was born of a virgin also. December 21st, uh, his birth was announced by, uh, what is it, the star in the east and was attended by the three wise men, right? So those are the first two. So, yeah, go ahead and tackle that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, while I'm turning that up, um, I'm getting that out here. You know, the uh, I did a video on that one, too, and that was one of my favorites because I actually... Uh, had a professional actor do the voice of Horace, and he happened to be <laughs> do a good foghorn leghorn imitation. That's awesome. Yeah, we, That's yeah, we, we had Horace uh, do a foghorn leghorn sort of thing. That's okay, great. so yeah, I got my list now. Which was the first one you wanted to talk about? Um, the, uh, he was born of a virgin on December 25th. Wow, okay. Uh, well, wow. I never found any, any indication that he was born on December 25th. Uh, I looked for that. I couldn't find anything to say that... Uh, you know, or even just 
particularly target any kind of any date on it. Um, I have a thing that they refer, there was one reference to him, him being born in a certain Egyptian month, but I couldn't find out exactly what date that matched up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as being born of a virgin, uh, well, I mean, there's a there's there's photos of him. Or there's not photos, uh, Egyptian <laughs> carvings of him. Uh, of his mother being impregnated by his father, uh, and uh, ah. needless to say, that doesn't sound like mm-hmm. a, a virgin birth. No, that not at all. No, <laughs> no. That's that's funny. And what what about the the star in the east and uh, and in the uh, the wise men in attendance? I could not find anything at all to verify that whatsoever. Mm. Um, you know, there's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of literature out there and. Yeah. One of, the, one of the characteristics of this camp is they never, never, never give a source. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. And, and I mean, there were some attempts to try and dig some sources out, but uh, you know, it, it ended up either they didn't find it or they had to, again, do the semantic redefinition kind of thing in order to find what they wanted. Right. Uh, but I could, I, I could find nothing about a star. Uh, or a wise man or anything like that connected to Horus. Right, right. Yeah, before we, before we jump jump back to Horus, I did want to ask a question. Like, why do people hang on to this belief despite that the evidence is obviously out there? Like, you could just go go, go to it. Like, well, what have you found? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't understand it myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand the psychology of it. Um, I, I, it's the same question. Why do people believe that 9-11 was an inside job? I mean, yeah, exactly. Conspiracies... Conspiracy theories give people comfort. It gives them a way to explain uh, things they don't understand or that they don't want to be true. Uh, I, I said once of Zeitgeist, the big problem with that is is convincing is not making a refutation, but con- but convincing people that there's been a refutation in the first place. Because mm-hmm. if you come up with contrary evidence, they'll just say that's part of the conspiracy uh, to, to hide everything. Uh, and all you know, scholars are in on this conspiracy too. They're trying to hide the truth. It, that's right. where that's where it always ends up. Right. Would, would you would you call them uh, equivalent to flat earthers and also the Holocaust deniers as well? Yeah. Oh <laughs> sort yeah. Of on that on yeah. that plant, same level. So we it should. It fits in there. Yeah, we should yeah. call them Jesus deniers. <laughs> I mean, they they deny yeah. them on multiple levels anyway. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. Back to Horace. Uh, another thing. Uh, he was a he was a great teacher. Taught in the temple. Uh, he was uh, baptized when he was thirty. <laughs> okay. Um, as far as being as far as being a teacher in the temple, um, I couldn't find anything on that offhand. Now I have some other references I would have to check if we had more time, but uh, in general, um, I couldn't find anything to verify that. The baptism thing—I'm trying to remember now. Uh, it's been the last time I looked at it. There was some indication that he, I believe he crossed a river. I would have to go look that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you give me a moment, I, I know exactly where to find it. Yeah, sure, uh, sure, sure. But again, these are all things that I found that were, that were redefined uh, to mean something else. Let me go ahead and look yeah. at this. And, and for our listeners, we got to go visit uh, tecton.org, and you could find... Uh, tectonics. Yeah, tectonics. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want tecton.org because if you go there, what you'll get is a uh, you get a guy in Greece who builds houses. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can visit visit uh, uh, Tectonics uh, uh, the the YouTube channel at uh, what is it Tecton TV? Right, Tec- Tecton TV. All right. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah, um, and the finding Anna the baptizer. Okay, yeah. The the idea is that he was baptized by someone named Anna, which is another name for the Egyptian deity Anubis, uh, 
Okay. Um, okay. And let's see. One of the points I made on this, you know, water is the universal solvent, and it's often used as a symbol of purity. Um, so looking down here, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there seems to have been some kind of thing about water is, you know, Really, made a purity, but you're not talking about a a ritual like baptism. You're not talking about anything that was connected um, to you know, the way the Jews. Did. You know, the Jews were doing baptisms before Christians. Yeah. Um, and there was a purification ritual that Anubis did that was part of mummification. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where uh, one of these people tried to make a connection. But yeah, that, that, that's not even close. Yeah. You, you, you can't you can't draw a parallel between the baptism ritual of Judaism and Christianity and say that's anything like mummification. Mm. Right, right, right. How, how much more time do you have, JP? Okay, let's say about five or ten minutes. Five or ten minutes. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and tackle uh, tackle another one. He was the fisher of men. <laughs> Fisher of men. Okay, let me see if I can find, a, <laughs> find my material on that. I mean, it's just crazy that we got to go through this 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 nonsense. It is. It is. Well, <laughs> it that's, is. and that's one of the reasons I did this is because yeah. so that no one else would have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and, I don't and, think I. Go on. Ahead. Go on. I don't think I found anything on that one in particular either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the one thing I want to say and, and about this this book, shattering the the, the Christ myth. Is it's it's very scholarly. It looks like a textbook. And like when I got it, when I got it, I was expecting to get like your normal book size. And I had uh, the president of our ministry, uh, Stephen Hart, talking. He goes, "Hey, uh, your book's here." And I and I had to look at it. And I go, "That's it?" And I opened it up, and like chapter one had like a hundred sources on it. And I was like, "Wow, this this book is great." <laughs> so good work. I'm glad you like that. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I couldn't find anything on the Fisher one. No, I couldn't find anything on that. Yeah. Uh, at all. Uh, I'll double check on another part here. So I have to. I have to go looking through all my pages here to find some of these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's a lot. It is a lot of material. Um, okay. Yeah. This is interesting uh, because one of the leading Christ mythers who did this thing mm-hmm. used to use that claim about the Fisher, and then in an updated version they got rid of that. Yeah. So it seems like they couldn't find anything about that whatsoever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, another one on Horus. He was crucified, okay. buried in a tomb, and he rose again. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I can dig that one out. Uh, let's see. Crucified. Yeah, there we go. That one, I think that one was still being used. So let me move to that one. They're, uh, they're all, all, all the claims are like all in the same, with with every pagan god. It's kind of, they all have the same claims. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's it ridiculous. All... It all, it all amounts. It's all done again and again. It's the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think that you think that there was no deity out there that was that was not or risen from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that one I might have a little trouble digging out. I've got to find the exact place I put it. <laughs> There's so much of that stuff. Yeah. Um, as, I, as I recall, I couldn't find anything about that either. Uh, I remember what I said, though, about the Egyptian gods. It's just, Osiris is the main one that claim is connected to uh, when it comes to the, two, okay, the Egyptian gods. Yeah, ju- yeah. Uh, jump on that one. Yeah, because he, because he, um, he did die. Uh, he was uh, killed at a party by his evil cousin, and they, they <laughs> took his body and cut it apart and scattered the pieces all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, they went out and found all the pieces except uh, except his uh, genitals, 
Uh, that was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they put him back together. And basically what you've got there, again, is the Lego God. Uh, you know, he's he's Lego back together. <laughs> yeah, but he's... <laughs> It's kind of, kind of like a zombie kind of thing. Yeah. So oh that, there's no comparison there to Jesus rising from the dead. And yeah, I'm, I'm recalling yeah that Horus, they don't connect the resurrection to him as much as they do Osiris. That's the one they usually connect that to. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I, I think we'll just stop on the pagan copycat theory and, and we'll let James uh, James Patrick Holden go. But um, no, we, we definitely thank you so much for, for coming you on. Bet. Uh, you bet. Did, did, you, did you have another question? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This is Alejandra. Okay. Uh, so my first question was, what is your process behind research? Like, how do you, you do your research? And I think the second oh. question would be, do you think that this type of ideas that people have um, are based on their biases? When they approach a source, they want to find certain things, and that's what they find them. Okay. Uh, I'll answer the second question first. Uh, that's easier to explain. Uh, I try not to get into people's motives too much, but I wouldn't be surprised if many of them were just trying to find what they wanted, uh, because because it's very clear in many cases that they don't even try to look for anything that's of any depth or that actually I mean, addresses the issues to any depth. Uh, as far as my process of research, now my background is as a librarian, as a researcher. Mm. Um, so I will I have many resources available to me. Um, I was using databases that work like Google before anyone knew what Google was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have access to databases that tell me about books that are available in various libraries around the country. Uh, I will look for all the books I can find on a specific subject that are written by scholars, and then I'll try and get hold of them somehow. I may have to go to a college library near me. Mm-hmm. I may have to drive to a college a few miles away to get to something. Wow. Uh, then I will... I will read these books, I will take notes, and I will compare their arguments, mm-hmm. and I'll see who does better. And that's that's the process I use. Yeah, that's how it should be. And that's great scholarly yes. work right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's detective work. Like you know, you're talk- Jay Warner Wallace, you know, that's he does the same Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it takes like it takes nerdy people and the kind of like people who love to read and we love philosophy and this kind of stuff to do it, so Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So we have one more question. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Holding. Um, uh, for for our listeners and and those listening, um, wondering what your greatest advice um, would be or the greatest takeaway um, f- for them uh, listening in regards to the shattering, the Christ myth. Um, the greatest takeaway, I think, hmm. would, I would relate it to what was said earlier about conspiracy theories. Um, there, there is a lack of there's a lack of critical assessment going on right now, and this is related to that book you mentioned, the misinformation maelstrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the internet has encouraged people to simply accept things at face value, um, and that's that's becoming more and more dangerous. Um, and you add that to people don't really want to make the effort anymore, and they also have their biases, like like was said earlier. Mm-hmm. And you got a recipe for disaster. Uh, it doesn't show up just here. It shows up in things like 9-11 conspiracies and flat earth and whatnot. Yeah. So the biggest takeaway is uh, don't be like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the biggest, yeah, exactly. 
Well, uh, JP Holding, it was a pleasure having you on, and I I hope uh, you would you would you would come back on, man, and maybe talk about some of your sure. other material, man. We would love to have you on, uh, possibly even longer. <laughs> so uh, sure, sure, you bet. Well, you know, get back with me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than willing. Okay, all right, man. We'll 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 accept that, and we'll we'll be sending you an e- email sometime soon. <laughs> Excellent. All okay. right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Holding. Pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. What did y'all think about that one? That's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, no. We're still going. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can still keep going, man. That was awesome. Do I, do I hang up? Oh, yes. Yes. Are <laughs> you still on? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You can go ahead and hang up. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, man. See you, JP. Take care. Thank you. That's funny. <laughs> I thought he hung up. <laughs> we got to leave that one for the podcast. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. No, no, no. That was, that was great. Oh, that was good. That was great. What did y'all take away from that one? Just the same. He knows his stuff. Oh yeah, no, 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 for real. Very scholarly. Yeah, he's super scholarly, and that's one thing that I that I really respect about him, especially when he's talking about his how the way he does his research. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's not doing uh, Google searches. Yeah, this guy's going driving to libraries. He's Mm -hmm. like he said, he's he's uh, comparing arguments and seeing who has the Mm -hmm. best ones and which ones logically follow. So, and and that's that's the reason why I, I, you know, I go on YouTube. And I see his videos, or I see any video, honestly, defending the faith and apologetics. Mm-hmm. And there's always that ad hominem attack. Yeah, what and is always the, the genetic fallacy always comes up. It's like, oh, look at this guy. No, he he, he has a degree in in uh, oh, library science. You know what I mean? <laughs> Therefore, he's incorrect, and you can't you can't take him as as. And that's just absolutely fallacious. Like, right. yeah. who who does that? And he just told you right now how he does his and, research. And it's kind of crazy because when you see people with PhD, but they're saying a lie, people believe that. Yeah, that's because they say. have a PhD in yeah. a certain thing. Yeah, what's that means is that there's this double standard that exists that. Yeah. You know, whenever I see, let's say, a video like on YouTube critiquing like evolution, there just seems to be a bunch of like dislikes, trolls, and oh, yeah. you know, saying all these things. But someone can, you know, spout a theory like this that's saying that you know Jesus didn't exist and all these like you know copy of like pagan gods and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and they get away with it. Like you know, people just take their yeah. claims on face value, and that there's yeah. just you know no accountability on on their end. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and th- and then you know you got um a lot of this. Jesus mythicist and pagan um, sort of theory stems from uh, the, you know, like Bill Morrow, he made the film that you could see on Netflix, which is terrible, yeah. <laughs> but it's called, uh, uh, what is it? Religious or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then obviously the Zeitgeist film, but a, another um, person who's kind of propagated this this theory in, in this sort of worldview is uh, Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. just a lot of like fiction, you know, just the yeah. whole idea that the Council of Nicaea had something to do with the canon, and that is just completely <laughs> false. And people actually believe that. Yeah, yes. the, and it's like it's Hollywood, it's fake. There's no truth to it. Mm-hmm. I would even say Dan Brown probably said like, yeah, there's not really anything right. special to it. There's just this big conspiracy theory that all a bunch of men right gathered around a table and was just say, uh, um, um, uh, say yes to uh, the Book of Job for the canon, and yeah. they all went. Yes, and it was just they're all in their monk robes, and they're all just kind of no. That is not how it happened. That's ridiculous to even say that. You know, they were just like, uh, you know, they all like just voted, and they all wrote the Bible like at one time to, and it's sort of this conspiracy that's to control people's minds. And Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you want to make fun of Alex Jones? Well, I know it's like they apply this. Look at you. (laughs) They apply this extreme hyper skepticism to whatever, like for the Bible, for whatever reason. I don't think they would apply in any other like. 
in any other text or any other person of history. Yeah. I think something that's very important about this book is the fact that it gives you the footnotes and notes, like the sources that he they're visiting, so you could go and actually like have that evaluation of sources by mm -hmm. yourself, which is an important thing to do because there's a lot of good Christian authors out there, but they don't put these things, and you're like, how? Even I, I become critical with even Christian books. Like I don't take everything that I get. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm reading something is like there's nothing that actually proves this other than when it, there's Bible references to it. Right. So I think the important thing about this book is that it does take you and helps you to increase in the knowledge of these things and judge the sources by yourself and see, okay, they're not just saying this because they want to defend Christianity, but, but actually they're, these are facts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, again, and he mentioned it, like professional scholars unanimously just reject this this claim and this is one that i have a mm -hmm. uh, tn tnd meddinger of london university says here is as far as i'm aware no prima facie evidence that the death and resurrection of jesus is a mythology uh, is a mythological construct mm -hmm. you know then we have jay warner wallace who was on our podcast last uh, last week he said the more you examine the nature of of the gods who were worshipped before Jesus, the more you will notice their dissimilarities and the dishonesty of trying to compare them to the historical Jesus. Mm -hmm. you Absolutely. Know? And I'm just telling people that if you believe in this nonsense, go and look at it. You know, just don't take just don't take your bias and uh, and just find what you want to hear. Right. Yeah. Go and look Seek at it. the truth. The, yeah, mm -hmm. the evidence is right there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mentioned earlier, even Bart Ehrman, like the most famous like New Testament skeptic, you know, in modern times, mm -hmm. they'll even say that there is no teaching like scholar in the Western world that believes that Jesus didn't exist. Like, yeah, this is not even an issue yeah. among you know people yeah. like scholars in biblical studies, early Christianity. Mm -hmm. like, this is just not debated at all. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I wouldn't tell a Muslim Muhammad never existed. I yeah. wouldn't go to tell a Buddhist Buddhist never. I mean, Buddhist <laughs> Buddha never existed because they did exist. These are men who did yeah. exist. And especially regarding Muhammad, a lot of facts about Muhammad's life can be found in the Quran. Yeah, and the same thing with Jesus. Like the problem with like myths is that they automatically reject the the Gospels as mm -hmm. unreliable. Just immediately right there they have a presupp presupposition against the gospels that yeah. everything is yeah. is completely false and it's like how far are you going to go with your skepticism like are you going to say that paul didn't go to jerusalem are yeah. you going to say that paul didn't exist yeah i mean at what point like are you yeah. are they going to really like you know question like everything that's you know it's just it shows an extreme bias yeah, yeah. And hold everything to the same standard yeah in the secular worldview and the the militant atheist has been very successful at telling people to look at the bible and they go everything in there is a lie Everything in there is a mm -hmm. lie. You can't trust anything in there. It's all mythology, and they com they compare it to these pagan gods who, who mm -hmm. were just. And so people look at the New Testament and they hear Jesus and they think of him as another myth, mm -hmm. you know, as another myth. And that's just not true. He was right. an actual living, breathing man, mm -hmm. and I profess that he is Lord, <laughs> and he's Amen. the Son of God. Amen. He is the Son of God, and I, I I completely, with my whole heart, believe in the eyewitness testimonies that are in the Gospels. Yeah. So and these yeah and the New Testament wasn't written as a biography or a myth. Mm -hmm. This was these are twelve men who walked with Christ uh, and also yeah. his disciples and saw what this man was doing, and um, yeah and he's the Messiah that was talked about in the Old Testament. I would say yeah. that a general recommendation for our listeners and for everybody 
who's interested and for everybody who's a Christian is go and know like the things that defend your faith like go mm -hmm. and be yeah. apologetic that's something that we need to we all need to do is not just for certain people go and know your stuff your stuff because we have evidence we have just certain we have a certainty in the things that we believe yeah mm -hmm. and Amen. we can just speak about it and don't be afraid of it because yeah. we yeah. don't have to be afraid there's enough things that prove what we believe exactly love god with all your mind yeah 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 and i, I think yeah. as christians we we lack that our mind we sort of rely on on a pastor to give us our our wisdom and to kind of feed us but hey man you're you're called to do your reading too and you're called to read your bible and you're called to do investigative work the, the truth has nothing to hide from Mm -hmm. Go out and go 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 find it. Yeah, if, if find you it. if you hear a claim, right? Um, go go try to prove it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and you're gonna see that it's gonna be proven wrong. You know what I mean? You got you got to come come with a certain. There, there is and and I this is one thing about uh, atheists is they 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 have claimed and, and hijacked the word skepticism and mm -hmm. reason. Yeah, and yes. it's like everybody's skeptical. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical yeah. about, but what kind of skeptical? Like, what, what kind of skepticism do you have? I mean, you like, are I you mean? gonna be it's skeptical good. to the point that, like, you know, we're gonna believe that this universe doesn't exist? Like, you know, everything's an imagination. I <laughs> yes. mean, like, it's it yeah. raises like you know these kind of questions of how skeptical, like, you know, do they claim to be? Yeah. And I just see this, especially you know, specifically regarding the Bible and Jesus, that they constantly move the goalposts. It just seems yeah, that whenever they there is clear evidence that they just say that is not enough, that is not enough, and just shows mm -hmm. their, you know, that they're in denial. Yeah, it's the yeah. suppression of the truth and unrighteousness, Romans 1. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's just so crazy, and especially for the people who have just, you know, oh, I believe in God, and they just deem us as dumb, as mm -hmm. irrational because they've hijacked the word rational mm -hmm. yeah. and to me i would say science mm -hmm. is ours yeah absolutely right. that yeah. science is ours philosophy is ours theology is ours everything politics started. is ours mm -hmm. <laughs> jesus has something to say about absolutely everything in your life so you're yes. to, to fathering to mothering to to, to to owning a business and i mean you you look at isaac newton kepler um I mean, Francis Bacon. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the greatest scientists mm -hmm. have been Christian. The reason behind, the reason why they started doing those things is because they wanted to know God through his natural revelation. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and there's there's a complete rationality to believing in God. Yeah, just like you said, every Sorry. fact of the world is a fact of God. Like everything, like you said, yeah. logic, math, science. Yeah, all truth is God's truth. Yeah, mm -hmm. all yeah. truth eventually leads to him. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, just going back to Bart Ehrman, who's an atheist. He's a professor of uh, religious studies at UNSC. He, he has something to say about this, going back to the, to, the, to the pagan copycat theory. But he says, The alleged parallels between Jesus and the pagan savior gods is the most instant reside in the modern imagination. Mm. We do not have accounts of others who were born to virgin mothers and who died as an atonement for, the sins, for sin and then were raised from the dead. Despite what the sensationalists claim ad nauseum in their propa their propaganda versions, mm. yes, that's Bart Ar Bart, Bart Ehrman, yeah. an atheist, right? Who who is very who is who is um, who is pretty vocal, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, and you have the thing is, you you have just a multiple facet of people: agnostics, deists, deists, um, uh, unbelievers, Christians who deny this. So it's not just all Christians yeah, exactly. are denying mm -hmm. this. No, it's 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 a whole plethora of people. Yeah, right. 
and and I wanted to add on what uh, Mr. Holding uh, talked about in terms of ancient sources. He mentioned Tacitus and Josephus, um, but as, as Christians, there are numerous sources outside of the New Testament, Greco-Roman ancient sources, that confirm that Christ was a real person, that he was crucified, uh, that there were Christians who followed him. And, um, you know, some of these ancient sources are Suotonius, Tacitus, which Mr. Holding mentioned, uh, Pliny the Younger, Lucian, Celsus, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, and again, Josephus, which Mr. Holding mentioned, and uh, there's an ancient prayer, the uh, Amida Benediction, um, in, in Jewish liturgy, and uh, another source, Galen, mm-hmm. uh, who, who, who mentioned he was a favorable pagan um, to, to the Christians, mm-hmm. and he expounded that uh, the Christians have excellent moral virtue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, obviously a lot of, you know, skeptics, you know, did dismiss the New Testament. Don't even call them skeptics, because we all are skeptics. Yeah. Don't even give them <laughs> yeah. that credit. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we're Christ deniers. <laughs> yeah, just call them yeah. Christ deniers and just call them unbelievers. Yeah. yeah. I hate they hijack that word skeptic, and I'm like, dude, yeah. conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's, <laughs> let's title them that, man. Seriously, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, like, these Christ deniers, they automatically deny New Testament, but what people don't understand is that, you know, you know, Paul's letters, like, those are very important sources of early Christianity that scholars mm-hmm. use. Yeah. And right. you see in the book of Galatians where, you know, Paul is talking about his trip to Jerusalem. Then he sees that there was none of the other apostles there except James, the brother of the Lord. Now, that's very important because in that text, like, he's not making a point. Like, it's just something that's just random. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's He's not yeah. even proving a point, like... You know, it's just yeah. like I were to say, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm just uh, hanging out with, like, you know, Julio, um, you know, just my, my friend. Like, you know, just something that's just very, like, not proving a point. And that's very important because Paul is already presupposing that, mm-hmm. you know, to who he's talking about, that they already know who he's talking about. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. you know, it's just very odd for someone who's not real to have a brother, you know, an actual mm-hmm. sibling, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And in the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 6, at the beginning of the chapter, it talks about... Um, you know, people coming to Jesus and saying, oh, his brothers are with us, James being one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, and I believe in Josephus's writings, um, if I'm correct, he writes about when they killed James, I believe, when yeah. they threw him off he the does. temple. Yeah. And they actually referred to him as Jesus's brother. Mm-hmm. So there you go, you go again, having a secondary source, right? right? It's not a primary source, which would be eyewitness testimony and someone who saw, but mm-hmm. you have something that kind of uh, validates the um, the primary source. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's just... And, yeah. yeah. And regarding Josephus, like, you know, scholars do concede that there was an interpolation in the text, but the manuscript tradition, you know, it's very early, and as far as I, we can see what exactly was interpolated, so we could throw that out. It's like... You know, when you have a puzzle piece that has mm-hmm. like a hundred pieces, but in fact we have like a hundred and ten pieces, mm-hmm. and you know those ten pieces, you know we could just say we, we're not sure where they came from. We just throw them out, but we could still have the original text, and mm-hmm. that's what we see with Josephus, where he's mentioning, um, you know, Jesus in his writings. Yes. And the other thing is that we, if we would say that Jesus was a myth, and that let's say that someone just came out with Jesus like two hundred years after the supposed same day that he existed would be kind of crazy because there's historical sources of the first believers and what they lived. 
Mm-hmm. So you're totally ignoring that they were people living for Christ in the Roman Empire and that yeah, right. their sources, their letters to the governors of, of certain parts of Rome and saying like these people don't want to sacrifice to the pagan idols. Yeah. So it's like, how do you get rid of that? Exactly. How do you say, yeah. oh, this mm-hmm. never existed and someone came up with this yeah. like long, long time after that? It just seems like it creates more problems than it like it answers, you know, to say that Jesus yeah. didn't exist. I mean, you know, wha- that's why I never understood this whole like celestial being that Paul never saw Jesus as a historical like person. It's like, how can someone be born under the law? You know, when like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the law was specifically, you know, like attributed to like the old covenant or people under the old covenant, like actual people. I mean, like mm-hmm. I just never understood how you can interpret that any other way besides Jesus, you know, being born under the law as a person, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. it's yeah. So and, and, and Norman Geisler in his book, um, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Uh, he goes. That's through Frank Turk. I think he co-wrote it. They both wrote it. They yeah, both. They okay. Co-wrote. Okay. They co-wrote. And um, they, they were talking about the Book of Acts, and they say uh, in the Book of Acts, there's 84 confirmed historical, political, and geographical facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's only 35 miracles. <laughs> so, um, the the facts speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was, I was. Someone tagged me in a in a post, but it's HuffPo. <laughs> Could this? I know, right? That already says it all. <laughs> Could this? And 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 uh, it says, "Could this ancient porn change the way we think about Christianity and homosexuality?" Um, and it's kind of just relating to the art of Rome, and and how we should change our our, our view of Christianity. Um, just by their like their right it's just it's it, i kind of see a similarity of what's going on here mm-hmm. you know what i mean you see kind of that liberalism that 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 complete lie right yeah. oh look the romans accepted it there were christians in rome so therefore correlation does not equal causation yeah. exactly. and they're making false correlations right. exactly no 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 yeah 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 and and, and you know i i i just i sort of just stunned on uh, stemmed on this and i'm reading it and i go oh my gosh mm-hmm. i mean don't you does it read romans 1 yeah, please. Just yeah. somebody go to read Roman, Romans one. Christians, the the act of homosexuality, has always throughout the Bible been um, First Corinthians. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can name a bunch. So just don't say since the Romans accepted it, you know, therefore Christianity should change because our our the apostles and the the disciples, Jesus himself, and all throughout the Bible, you know, I'm just kind of making a, a a similarity here that again we have something on HuffPo that's coming out. And it's uh, it's being snuck snuck in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And so when yeah. when you have people who are who are misinformed mm-hmm. on the issue, who have no understanding of like theology or biblical studies, uh, exactly what James Patrick Holding said, um, it's like thirty percent truth mm-hmm. and seventy percent lie, and then people will just eat it up wholesale and not really get the whole perspective. Yeah. And and this this standard goes to us too, mm-hmm. and as well. It, and it makes me wonder because you know before um, you know all these uh, scholars. Um, that are very popular now. There was one that she had recently passed her name, uh, passed away. Her name was uh, D.M. Murdoch, who wrote a lot about, you know, Jesus misses and stuff. And she made like so many claims that were just outright false to the point where even like other Christ mythers would correct her and she would deny it. So I'm just mm-hmm. thinking that mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder like if if this is ignorance or is this deception? You know, mm-hmm. when you write these things and you're deceiving people to, and by dishonest scholarship. And mm-hmm. that's why like we as you know yeah. Christians or anybody who's reading anything, we really have to just, you know, see what the original source is because someone, you know, someone who's very weak in the faith, you know, like, or is just 
you know, maybe like wants to be a Christian, that like, he reads these things and like he just believes it on face value. That's why you, it's very important to like very like re- you know verify these sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me and me and Christian have talked about uh, the excuse me the debate with uh, Dr. James White and Dan Barker. Yeah. People, if you guys could go and see that, it's on YouTube, Alpha and Omega Ministries. You could find it there. But in the opening of Dr. James White's speech, he starts quoting because because the the um, the debate is literally on this topic on the Jesus myth and the yeah. pagan, pagan copycat theory, and James White <laughs> starts quoting from his book. And Dan Barker, what does he yeah, do? Yeah, he immediately interjects like yeah, yeah. like when he's doing this presentation. Oh, can I have a point of order here that you know? James White, he's not allowed to critique my book. He's not allowed to critique my sources. And then James White's like, what? I mean, because this is a, a book that you wrote that's, you know, in the public realm that's relevant to the topic of this debate. And he's just, and Dan Barker was saying, oh, but like, I might have, you know, changed my mind about like, you know, Mithra, for example, by certain claims of Mithra. Oh, but, yeah. And then James White's going up. So like, are you going to repeal the book that's out on sale right now? Are you going to make an amended version? Yeah, Because, you know, I'm just thinking, so you are willingly knowing, like, putting out false information to the public and somebody who's going to read this is going to believe it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A flat out. Actually, for the listeners, let's play that little clip. Yeah. I would love to. No, no, no. Expose these frauds. Seriously. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. I'll cut off the... Or as Christians, I believe, whether Jesus is in fact as the Son of God. Now, in my opening, I can only respond to what uh, Dan himself has published before. I found it fascinating that almost none of the sources that Dan just used, he used in his book, Godless. So in this first, I'll be responding to his published work, then the rebuttal will go to what he has presented uh, yeah, this morning. Order here. We're not debating my book. We're debating I may have changed my mind in the book. I may not my have thought it was I may have changed my mind. Can I, can I respond to that? Uh, when you're in a scholarly debate and you've published a book, what you've published in the public realm is fair game. It is what you yourself have presented. Now, if you want to stay, if you want to say, after I'm done here, I repudiate the book that's for sale in the back, that would be fine. But I'm not but as a scholar. Yes. I, I don't see anything wrong with quoting your book, Dr. Yeah. Or Mr. Barker. Do you, do you have an objection to I object because we're not committed. Mr. Parker, I have never engaged anyone in a debate uh, who objected to their own published materials being what was cited. I would love if people would quote my books in my debates because that's what I have presented to people. I cannot believe that there would ever be an objection uh, to my citation of your own book. I, I, I can't imagine. Did you address this subject in your book? Is there not an entire section on this subject? Yes, but you okay. don't know that I may have changed my mind in the meantime. That's that irrelevant. unfair. Yeah. I may, irrelevant, I yeah. I may have mm-hmm. changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale in the back? Yes, it is. But we're not how debating can we have, tonight. How can we have a debate? Let's debate the issues. Let's not yes. debate my book. Let's debate the issues. Mr. Barker, I have on the screen quotations from you. I'm going to be dealing with the sources that you used and the arguments that you've used. That is the form of scholarly <laughs> But we're not believe I'm sorry, but we're not debating my book tonight. And he I doesn't get it. Yeah. He doesn't get it, no. I think inappropriate. I didn't quote anything you wrote. I stuck to the actual... That's the point. That's the problem. We, we, we need to deal with what someone has actually put into the public realm. Your book is for sale. Um, I, I cannot believe on any uh, possible uh, academic or scholarly level. I, I've done more debates than you've done. The 
this is the first time anyone has ever objected to the citation of their own published material, which is still in print. If you had pulled it out and repudiated it, that would be one thing. Are you going to do that? The moderator has already spoken. All right. I think it's reasonable then to, to use a source that is available on, on the topic, isn't it, in your mind? It's just, it's, it's insane. So, yeah, how embarrassing. We'll, we'll, we'll go and talk. I mean, we can go off of that. He then later goes and says, like, isn't your book on sale? Is it on sale? So, it just, it's, it's, um. Because for me, the honest thing would do is just amend, make, make an amended version and saying that, hey, this is all, like, you know, like, false or this isn't true. <laughs> because yeah. it, it just shows, like, dishonesty. Uh, yeah, and go, go see the debate, guys. Go watch it. Go watch it. <laughs> yes, and saying, oh. I may have changed my. It didn't. He didn't say he did. Mm. Yeah. So it, mm. it's. Yeah. Deception. <laughs> anyway, guys, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say? I mean, I could go on and on and oh, on, so and on yeah. about this, man. It's just <laughs> so much. God. We're we're already hitting 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 the top of top of the hour for sure. All right. But um. Just study. Yeah. Yeah. Know your sources. Yeah, I I recommend, and this goes for Christians as well. There's a lot of Christians who will make claims, but. You have to realize that when you make a claim, the burden of proof is on you. Right. So you have to provide evidence to your claim. So yeah. that's the rule of thumb for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And um I you know, that's that's both to unbelievers and believers, and let's hold to to a higher standard in the realm of debate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and the you know, and leave this pop uh, this pop culture scholarship that's on social media. Mm-hmm. Um and let's actually like learn how to cite. Let's actually do research. Right. And as a Christian, worship. It says in uh, uh, Luke, you know, uh, um, love your God with all your heart, your soul, your body, strength, and a mind. Mm-hmm. So don't rely on a uh, you know a pastor or a certain kind of book for for your for your knowledge. Go and do the research. Go and do the research. Yeah. Go and compare sources. Don't yeah. believe just one what so, one source is because yeah. they are supposedly a scholarly. Yeah. yeah. Just go and check. Another thing too, don't be afraid to go listen to the atheists as well. Right. Yeah. I was t- absolutely terrified at when I was first beginning. I and, and now I could sit down and listen to all the four horsemen. Exactly. Uh, Hitchens mm-hmm. and whatever in a round table and I just laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I laugh at their argumentation. So ultimately right. yeah. we have the advantage of being right. Yeah. And then go go to go look at the debate with Prager, Dennis Prager versus uh, um, Sam Harris. Sam Harris knows his place. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. Mm-hmm. He's not all puffy and stuff. Uh, the atheist worldview is tempest in a teapot. That's nothing to be scared of. So the moment you start actually going into it, you're going to notice, wow, there's nothing really, really scared to be, uh, really anything to be scared of. There's actual uh, philosophical and reasonable answers for, for, for what we believe. And yeah. I just encourage the Christian to go out and know it. Can I, can I read a yeah, little yeah, section yeah. of scripture? This is in Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 5 mm-hmm. through 9. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence mm-hmm. adds to your faith virtue, mm-hmm. to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these are yours and abound, you will neither you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness mm. and has forgotten that he was cleansed mm. from mm. his old sins. And Let me also read verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. 
For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Mm. Yeah. So we're commanded to pursue knowledge. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I got another verse. Let me see if I could find it on my Bible. It's uh, Colossians 2, uh, verse, where is it? Uh, I think it's 1, but I'm going to start here. So that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches and the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God both of the Father and Christ, in whom all the hidden treasures and wisdom and knowledge are hidden in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, that's it. and then it goes on to continue later. He goes, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the, to, uh, to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So you could find that one. I would encourage everyone to go empty read Colossians deceit. 2. Mm-hmm. So... So we're going to go ahead and end this podcast, but it was a fun one, man. Oh, absolutely. I, I love coming together and talking about this stuff. Uh, we're Bridge Ministries. You could swing by uh, whenever you feel like. We have the copy of Shattering uh, the, the Shattering the Christ Myth by uh, James Patrick Holding. Again, we're here, uh, 1619 McPherson Road, Suite 8. We're in Laredo, Texas. Um, and we'd appreciate donations. You could go to our website at www.bridgemenlaredo.org. And if you scroll down, there's a little uh, PayPal button. And, uh, you know, a- anything would be, uh, would be much appreciated. This, um, this lets us do exactly what we're doing here, any donations and support. We also help out a, um, an orphanage in, Mes- in Mexico. So uh, your, your money is going to, uh, it's being used to, to, to afford the kingdom of God. So, and uh, yeah, you could find the Shattering the Christ Myth here at Bridge. Come pick it up and, and uh, again, go visit James Patrick Hol- Holding at uh, tectonics.org. Um, but until the next one, uh, love your God with all your heart, strength, soul, heart, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. We will see you on the next one. <laughs>